Welcome to Everything Life Coaching. I'm John Kim. And I'm Noelle Cordeaux. We are the founders of Journey Coaching. We're super passionate about all things coaching and want to share what we've learned from over a decade of coaching and training over a thousand life coaches. Dive deep into a more meaningful career, find freedom, and make an impact. On today's episode, we're going to talk about how to throw out the blueprint, stop living the life others expect of you, and find your own way. And what better topic with uh, everything that's going on in the world today with me this morning, like always, is uh, Fancy Mustard. Hello. <laughs> I'm. You know what I am? I'm cheap ketchup and you are Fancy Mustard. And delicious together, nonetheless. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But, uh, <laughs> Uh, nothing describes us more than cheap ketchup and fancy mustard. Yeah, I I agree. I love that. I love that. Um, we we also now have our uh, Halloween costumes for uh, maybe <laughs> perfect, yeah. perfect, and hopefully we can travel and I will join you in LA. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so blueprints. Uh, I use this word a lot, and uh, it, it's I think it's such a great topic with what's happening. The whole just the, the shakeup and a lot of people uh, creating new blueprints these days. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting uh, from the perspective of almost 12 years now working as a coach because I take a lot of the concepts around life design, uh, around living for yourself, around saying no to limiting beliefs, the voices of others. I take that stuff for granted. And I've been really humbled recently to speak to a lot of people that when I've broached the topic of life design, I've heard that that's an unfamiliar term, that it's a radical concept, that the power of the status quo, other people's opinions, quote unquote, the way things are and or should be is still really heavy and really powerful for a lot of folks out there. Yeah, it's baked in. What do you make of that, especially living in this time when things are so gooey and flexible? Yeah, well, first of all, um, when you say life design, for for people who have not heard that term, can you give us just a brief um, description of what you mean by that? Yeah, absolutely. It's literal. Designing your life, waking up in the morning and saying, you know, what do I want? Do I mm -hmm. want coffee? Do I want Cheerios? Do I want orange juice? And as you move through your day, being really intentional with your energy, how you want to feel, what you want to do, say, create. And then, you know, from a contextual perspective, that bridges out to the idea of the blueprint of if I had a blank slate, if I accepted fully that I am the author of my existence, what story would I write? Mm. And then moving forward into the great expanse to do just that. Yeah. So I'm old enough where I have um, tried both ways of living. So the first one is the blueprint, which is um, a lot of shoulds I used to uh, live with that, you know, some of them passed down from parents, some of them passed down from society. Uh, advertising commercials, you know, and also growing up in LA, there's a lot of shoulds here. So um, it, it made me very hollow. Um, I was chasing a lot of things. And I was very disconnected with self because I never uh, was able to uh, trace those blueprints. They were um, things that were made up by uh, society 
Uh, there was a lot of ticking clocks, right? Like when you should get married, when you should have kids, all of that. Uh, and also, you know, having old school Korean parents uh, who's always telling me, you know, you, you should do this, whether it's go to school, um, you know, uh, get married, have a house, like all these things. And so a lot of that disconnected me from me. And then this new way of living, which I think many are doing now, uh, this idea of designing your life, this idea of getting up, checking in with yourself, your body, what you need, um, mindfulness, meditation, um, standing on your truth, uh, having the ability to say no, like all of that. Um, I started doing that after my divorce. And I got to say, um, I feel like with the first one, I was a uh, saltwater fish in a fishbowl, freshwater fishbowl with uh, dirty, <laughs> dirty water that needed to mm. be changed. And then today, um, living a life where I try to design it each day, um, I feel like I'm in the ocean swimming, you know, finding Nemo. Yeah. And, and so I think so much of what you said is, um, is really important to unpack. So, you know, we're talking about how do we end up with a blueprint that's not ours mm -hmm. and the, the crushing power of expectation based on where you live, where you grew up, the, the society around you that, that impacts what you think you can do with your time. And then the lens of family, those right. are two incredibly powerful, 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 um, blueprints that get handed to people. Mm -hmm. And it comes from not so much with the culture of, you know, the city or the place where you grew up, but especially from your family, it comes from love, you know, so much of, um, what is designed in society in terms of blueprint is designed to keep us safe. And in the ideas of safety that get passed down from generation to generation, from, you know, person to person, from neighbor to neighbor, friend to friend, like do this, it'll be good for you. Mm -hmm. Do this, you know, it'll make your life X, Y, Z. So when we talk about swimming out into the ocean, if somebody's not ready to even open their eyes and realize that they're in a fishbowl, not an ocean, the idea of pushing out into the world can be downright terrifying. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we're not used to it. We, we've, we've never swam past, you know, what we see, what we know. And, and as humans, we're, uh, we gravitate toward homeostasis. And so mm -hmm. to actually uh, get comfortable with the uncomfortable, to lean into fear, to, you know, color outside the lines, all of that is terrifying. It is terrifying. And one of the things that I see popping up that has kind of looped me into where a lot of folks are at is just the idea of having conversations, of mm -hmm. saying hard things out loud to your partner, to your family, like just yeah. starting there. Like if you have something, if you have a, a thought, a belief, a view that is different from your partner or from your family, it's really hard to get that out of your mouth. Yeah, of course, uh, because there's going to be judgment. There's going to be pushback. Um, you may have friends that are no longer in, interested in your friendship mm -hmm. <laughs> because, you, because you decide to swim in the ocean. This stuff takes bravery and it takes a little bit of grit and it takes a lot of work. But the um, the antidote is kind of slow, peaceful movement and noticing. I love this idea that uh, there's power when, when you don't name what you really want. 
that mm. that go, that goes against everything that uh, I was taught growing up that uh, you do see what you want and it's very specific and it's narrow. Uh, but I learned that when you're just chasing after that, you don't leave a lot of room for 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 magic and miracles. And then what I've learned is that sometimes you do get what you want, but it you don't you don't know that you got it because it doesn't look like what you wanted, but you know you're there because you feel it. Very much so. Yeah. And and that's um when we're talking about the blueprint, we're talking about, you know, life designs. That's one of the most confusing things in coaching from a goal setting perspective. What we know from goal setting theory is that a properly set goal lives just beyond the scope of what you can imagine. Right. It's a it's the same recipe as um a flow state in that when you want to get into a flow state it, it you know you're, you're going to a place where it, there is challenge and you're pushing yourself you know just enough where um you are challenged um but not enough where it's it's impossible not enough where you're gonna uh you know be so afraid you're not gonna uh you know go there so um i i love what you just said where it, it's just enough where um it's it's pulling you you know there's there's motivation and sometimes your motivation is to uh, not no longer experience the place where you're at, mm-hmm. where you don't know what's on the other side of the fishbowl, but you don't want to be in there anymore. I um, never thought in a million years, because I grew up in LA and I know every city, like the back of my hand, um, I never thought in a million years that I would be living in Altadena. Uh, grow, growing up, you know, the, the vision I had was the Hollywood Hills, and that was where all the all the um, successful people lived. And uh, today at 47, I have a little ranch style house in Altadena with a couple of chickens. And it's nothing like I would have ever imagined as a goal. Uh, but here I am. Uh, but the feeling I have, I have so much peace up here and it fits and, and it feels very honest to me at, at, at where I'm at in my life. And this is a good example of, of what we're talking about. Oh, very much so. A hundred percent. And so, you know, there are there are different steps to going through this work. And the the first one is is what you described as when you were younger, being subject to kind of the rules of LA, being subject mm-hmm. to the rules of your family, being subject to a dominant culture. Um, mm. that's that's when you're when you're stuck. That's when you're not living your life. And then from there, we move to a position of being able to observe mm-hmm. and say, oh, wow, <laughs> you know, <laughs> there's a whole big world out there. And maybe, just maybe, there's something beyond what I've told myself I must accept for my life. And making that jump is tricky. And how do you know if you're subject? How do you know if you're observing? And some something that I've been reading a lot about recently is um, cues and tells with dominant culture. So if you ever bump up against a situation where somebody's telling you, you know, everybody knows this or everybody does that or this is the right way to go and this is the wrong way to do things, whenever you get into absolute land, that's when you start immediately asking questions. Well, because absolute uh, closes things very fast, right? Mm -hmm. Suddenly there's there's a fence. It, exactly. And then when yeah. you move into the state of observer, you're like, oh, there's a fence and yeah. there's another side of the fence and there's right. a forest beyond it. that. And right. yeah, 
let's hop it. Let's move. Well, well, actually, when you hop the fence, that's when you go to the third level and that's when Mm -hmm. you're a designer. So, you know, from a conscious perspective, the stages are being stuck, being subject, accepting the world around you, then moving to being able to observe the world around you and start asking questions about it, and then getting really, really, really brave and trying to move the pieces of your life around to fashion exactly what you want. Yeah. And and this reminds me of the hero's journey, you know, starting with your environment, what's comfortable, and that's a subject, um, getting the call to action. uh, And then, of course, um, you know, slaying dragons and, and kind of coming full circle to the village, but changed. Um, I love that it's uh, it has the, it's almost a circle to me. You know, a subject and then uh, observer, and then um, you becoming the, the designer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a beautiful process. Yeah, and it's not it's not all rainbows and unicorns. And yeah, I think it's that's not easy. The, <laughs> no, it sounds really it's, easy. It sounds super easy, but you know, just as I said, like just think about how hard it is to say I disagree with you out loud to somebody that you love. Like actually hopping the fence is really fucking hard. Um and so it takes grit and it takes determination and it takes choosing yourself. And we've all been beaten into submission of the sacrifice of the self, right? Like that's selfish. That's um, not what we're supposed to be doing. How has your relationship changed or or have you had a sense of like what this has been like for you as you've moved through the different spaces? Yeah. um, The other thing this reminds me of is uh, two words, um, powerless and power filled. So um, when I was in the subject phase, when I was taking on other people's uh, blueprints, truth, their wants, uh, like my parents, I was very powerless. And then um, observing that there is more, actively hopping the fence, and then starting to design a life. Um, yes, there's pushback. And yes, you know, people may get angry and not want to be your friend and, and, and all of that. But on that side, as you start to design your life, now you're power filled. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's, I mean, that to me, that's a difference between existing and living. Mm-hmm. Very, yeah. And and to me, when you say power filled, I think of freedom. Yes. Well, yeah. I mean, ultimately, that is um, that is the north star. You know, that is fr- freedom. Is uh, to me that's the, that to me that is success. Freedom, whatever that means to you. Whatever that means to you. And, and, you know, you know, you're super right that the end state never, ever, ever looks like you thought it would be. Right, right. I talked to a friend yesterday that I haven't talked to in a couple of years, and uh, he knows that I, I jumped out of the matrix. I left my PhD. I left academia. I left the status quo and struck out into the world to build our funky little company. And, um, and he said to me, my God, you must be living the dream. Like you love it. Right. And I was like, well, <laughs> Sometimes. I, was like, I was like, I do like, I right. do have, you know, absolute freedom in my life. But, um, most days I wouldn't wake up and say, I am having fun. Like yeah, it's really, really hard work to Absolutely. chase, maintain and enact freedom. And so, you know, but would I choose it again and again? A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, when we think of freedom, we just think of like running wildly, you know, in the fields and 
not doing anything and taking long naps and <laughs> I don't know. Um, but that isn't what freedom looks like. I mean, it, it, yes, you have freedom and you are empowered, but you're also, we have schedules and we have obligations and responsibilities. And, um, you know, of course, uh, with you running a company, um, things like, you know, a, a million emails. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a million emails, uh, legal, contracts, right, right. Um, responsibility, responsibility to self and others. And so, you know, when you're swapping out somebody else's blueprint for your own, the, the major difference is that you become accountable to yourself. Yeah, yeah. But you do have freedom in the sense that um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a capital F in that, um, you know, you are your own boss. Uh, you know, you make your own choices and, and, and you can ultimately, you know, design your own life. Yes. So this is a question for you. Um, given that we're both kind of experienced in life design and we've jumped into the deep end of the swimming pool and are still swimming, um, if I told you at this exact moment in time, whatever you do next, you cannot fail. Mm. What would you do? First of all, we are in an ocean, Noel, not a swimming pool. <laughs> <laughs> you went, you jumped to the subject instead of <laughs> designer. Um, if I could not fail, what would I? What would I do? Um, I, I would, I would love um, to do something on the television or radio platform. So I don't know what that looks like. Um, it does terrify me because. Um, I know with something like TV, it could also ruin your life, you know, especially if it's uh, there's cameras in your face and you could actually lose freedom. Right. So um, but I feel like those are platforms that I haven't played with. I would love to be creative on those platforms. And I think they, they would help me, um, you know, uh, ultimately reach more people, which is, you know, my, my ultimate goal and, and keep creating a dialogue about all the things that, you know, um, that move me. Awesome. Awesome. And one of the things that I thought was wonderful about your response is that it terrifies you. Yeah. Yeah, it does. If your goals don't terrify you, try harder. Mm, or pick new goals, huh? Or pick new goals. Yeah. yeah. I mean, sometimes my goal is to have a bagel. Um, right. And, and, <laughs> right. And that's a perfectly acceptable goal and it fits into life design. But, you know, what's that bagel going to do? It's going to um, fuel me to accomplish my dreams. And so it all, all of your choices leverage each other. And when we're thinking about life design, you know, that's really the foundation is you are what you eat, you are what you consume whether it's relational or media or food. Um, and so what are you feeding yourself? How are you showing up in the world? And is that getting you where you need to go? Yeah. And also the mindset's important. And, uh, mm -hmm. and I think a, a big part of um, life design is having a mindset where uh, uh, you're feeding joy and excitement uh, versus scarcity. So um, your mindset is that uh, there is no ceiling. Anything is possible. It's, it's a growth mindset instead of the fixed mindset where you feel like, you know, um, there are limits, there are ceilings. You can only do so much and all of that. Scarcity. Oh, yeah. And and scarcity is such a tricky bugger um, because it it's like a shapeshifter that, you know, just in my own experience, um, times in my life when I've had very little. I've experienced the same levels of contentment and happiness as times when I've had 
more abundance. And mm. so, you know, what is the quality that actually creates happiness? Does it have to do with material gain? Um, does it have to do with stability? For me, that answer is no. It's everything to do with the people around me. If I'm around mm. people that I love and want to be with, there's no such thing as scarcity and we'll figure it out. I could be in a cardboard box. Right. Um, and so, you know, I, I, I'd love to challenge everybody who's listening to really get clear with what is scarcity to you and how does it control you? Uh, I used to uh, have a very uh, a scarcity mindset. I used to have a very fixed mindset um, and it, it just, it closed me off and I think it created a giant ceiling where my potential was, was stunted because of it. Mm. Potential, yeah. um, taking risk is mm -hmm. stunted by concepts of scarcity. Um, experimentation, um, moving, leaving your geographic place, leaving your job, leaving a relationship, you know, all of those things are, are for so many folks controlled by these concepts of scarcity. So, and, and it's worthy of examination to be like, well, what's my baseline? Like, what do I really need at absolute baseline? And for a lot of people, it's really simple when you strip it all away. You need food, you need shelter, and you need love. And if you can access those things, you're in pretty good shape. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think especially now, because a lot of people are forced to, to go back to the, the basics, um, what they need. And um, for many, uh, they're you know, uh, mentally collapsing because it's, uh, um, it feels like uh, they don't have enough, even if they do. It, and, and it feels like the feeling of not having enough, um, I think too, at least what I've been observing in the world around me, and I've been beating the tom-toms for a really long time, like uh, about social media and consumerism and how it kind of tricks you into thinking mm -hmm. these are the things that actually compose your life. And when you're stuck in your home with your significant other and all your stuff, are those things? things actually fulfilling are they um you know does your your snazzy toaster oven does it give you a snuggle at night um and and at what cost and i gotta say um the reason why noelle's fancy mustard and i am cheap ketchup is we, we are very different in many ways uh, i am a lot more material uh, materialistic than noelle but um, those things like objects and, you know, uh, 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 I'm a car guy, I'm a gearhead. So cars, toys back in the day, I thought that is what, you know, it made me, um, successful or made me valuable. Um, my taste hasn't changed. Of course, I still like things, but, uh, they're, they're the result of something. So like, uh, building a life with meaning, a sense of purpose, like what Noel is saying, surrounding yourself with kind and, 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 and you know, people who are going to support and champion your story. All of that is now um, the, the the stuff that's really important to me. And then I think what ripples outward is, you know, uh, uh, things, you know, money, uh, security, other things that ripple from um, you living in, uh, in that state. Yes, I completely agree. And, you know, one, like things are fun, you know, that's, that's, that's what you're talking about is the approach of joy versus scarcity. Yeah. I yeah. like motorcycles because I like them <laughs> and they're fun, right. but right. you don't need a motorcycle um, in as an extension of your person to define your existence. Right. Noelle would have one motorcycle. I would have um, a collection. 
I don't think I'd have any <laughs> motorcycles. Let's be real. Yeah. <laughs> Noelle just needs a hiking stick and a, yeah. a compass, right? <laughs> so another powerful question that um, that you you ask a lot is, uh, what excuse will you give yourself at the end of your life if you never try? Which I think is it's it's almost a cold shower. It is a cold shower. It is a cold shower. And in my coaching, something that I've been saying a lot to folks is you're going to die anyway. And yeah. my clients think I'm really morbid, but it's really quite true. So yeah. when we're talking about satisfaction, when we're talking about happiness, when we're talking about contentment, you know, I'm not talking about motorcycles. I'm talking about that moment where you're about to take your last breath and you're mm. looking back over the entire course of your life. And are you saying to yourself, damn, that was fun. Mm -hmm. That was yeah. a life well lived. Yeah. And you know, if you're listening to this, and you're 18, um, I don't know. But if you're listening to this, and you're say my age 47, um, uh, a question like this really lands with me. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, looking back over your life, um, you know, you, John, might say like all of those motorcycles, totally, totally worth it. Right. Um, and that's awesome because you've designed your life in that way to mm. accommodate that dream and have that fun and chase that joy and chase that excitement. The, what we know from um, end-of-life surveys, end-of-life research is that people never wish they had worked more. Um, mm, right. People never wish they had, you know, made more money. People at the end of their life, looking back, crave experiences and connections. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, uh, that's a fact, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and I think a lot of people who, uh, have, uh, climbed any ladder and, and, and has made a lot of wealth, um, if they're alone, if their relationships aren't, aren't meaningful, Usually you, you hear stories of um, how depressed and sad and, 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 and it's like the, the money and, and their version of success, it actually doesn't mean anything, you know? It doesn't. And, you know, there's all of these things, you know, going back to um, humans and how we exist in the world. You know, if, if we're describing things that you're listening and you're thinking, oh, wow, well, I think that's really important. It's hate the system, not the human. We're all subject to this stuff, just like everybody else. And so, you know, as we're, as we're talking about this, as we're dismantling it, it really is the work of dismantling a lot of different things. So when we're thinking about urgency, when we're thinking about perfectionism, when we're thinking about money, um, the antidote is community. The antidote is slowing down. The antidote is um, accepting many perspectives. The antidote is, um, God, so many antidotes, but just really taking a look around and moving to observer and saying, you know, instead of what do I, what do I need? What is lacking? What is? Yeah, the observer, whenever I hear that, words like observing and curiosity, which before I thought was um, silly and nonproductive, today I feel it's it's the door into um, acceptance. It's a door into uh, not being in panic or fight or flight. It's a door into gratitude. It's a door into um, 
wanting what you already have. And I think when when you're there, I mean, the, no one can take that kind of power away from you. Like that's a that's like to me, that's like you know, reaching enlightenment. It is very yeah. much so, and um, and there's stillness in that. Yeah, yeah. So um, maybe we can end with this, and I, and I love um, I love this because it also uh, kind of matches uh, uh, what we talk about uh, in Journey, which is um, the journey and the person you become along the way is the stuff that transforms you. You know, it's not it's not getting to the uh, end. It's it's the I always say that the uh, the gold coins are sprinkled throughout the rainbow. They're not in a in a pot at the end, and and this is what I mean. You know, it's it's a process there. Oh, you're so right, and I think that's the big fallacy, right? Is that the the goal, the representation, the manifestation of your journey is the end point. Um, I was talking about this with a client yesterday. We were talking about relationships and how um, gaining a relationship has been set up in society as the end state. So think about every Disney movie you've ever seen. The entire plot is the guy getting the girl or the girl getting the guy, and then they get together and the movie ends. <laughs> and then, the, you know, there's there's no highlight reel of the next 36 years. Um, and so, you know, thinking about it from that perspective, like, what's your end game? What are you trying to gain? What are you trying to represent? What are you trying to design? And then every single moment, every single choice that you make that gets you closer to that actualized existence, that's the gold that's sprinkled throughout the rainbow. It's choosing yourself, choosing your own design over and over and over again. Yeah. And it's a daily process, you know? And a practice. Yeah, absolutely. If you're listening to this and uh, some of the stuff resonates with you, if you're listening to this and you want to have deeper conversations or even want to help people uh, throw out their blueprints and, and you think that you would be um, powerful in that way, uh, come check out Journey Coaching. It's, it's what we do. It is. And there's so many others who are just totally hip on this work and we'd love to have those conversations. Yeah. Thank you for listening and be well. Thanks for listening to Everything Life Coaching. If you're feeling the draw to become a coach, head to journey.co slash everything to explore a new career that brings fulfillment, gives you a true sense of purpose, and a strong community to do it in. We created Journey Coaching to equip you with the tools, training, and community you need to attain your goals. Join Journey Coaching and begin your journey towards personal freedom and a transformative state of growth today. That's jrni.co slash everything.